here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button or whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds. Great comment. All greatly appreciated. So we are discussing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Finally, (laughs) I know we are a little bit behind because this came out about two weeks ago or wait, has it been three weeks? It came out May 5th uh Eva has it really been three weeks no it's been about two weeks um so as I said we're a little bit uh delayed with this and that's because I just couldn't get to the movie theater to see this movie um before I get into that story because you know I got to tell y'all the story um this I am not the comic book expert, so I purely watch these movies as like a fan of the movies and the TV show. So I do not know all the intricate things. I don't catch all of the Easter eggs. Sometimes I have to Google it. So if you're like a comic book Marvel like stan person, <laughs> you're not going to get that level of um, detail or, or info from me. This is just purely based off of my love of like the MCU. So be graceful or have mercy on me. Oh my gosh, you all know that took a lot for me not to go into Sean Mendez have mercy on me chorus. <laughs> so anyway, this also gives you kind of an idea of how this episode's going to go. So <laughs> this came out May 5th um, and there's going to be spoilers for in- anything MCU related, just FYI. But this came out uh, May 5th. I did not see it on May 5th. This is actually the first MCU movie in a while that I have not seen on opening weekend and after my experience this past weekend seeing it on a non-release weekend I don't think that I will ever do that again (laughs) so like I said it was taking me a while to get to the theater to watch this because I've been doing some traveling so it's been hard like when you travel and I usually will go to the movies on like the weekend if I'm going out of town on the weekend then I can't get to the movie theater so um, this is finally a weekend where I was at home and it was like a focus weekend for me to just get shit done. And so uh, this was on my list of things to do. And I'm like, okay, it came out two weeks ago. I mean, I'm sure there will still be, we all know like first weekend is usually most people in the theaters. Then you have like the drop off and you can track that with all of the um, like the monies that are made each following weekend after the uh, opening weekend and we'll get into the monies and numbers and stuff like that because you all know that's my favorite part to talk about (laughs) but um, so I was just like okay whatever we'll go normally because I'm going on opening weekend and I rarely go to the movies for any movie in general really uh, that far out from the opening weekend so if I don't go the opening weekend then I may go during the week like the following week or I may go that following weekend And that's been pretty consistent. So I have not been two weeks out. And me, I'm like, oh, two weeks out, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Because generally, especially an action movie or anything like that, I will see it in IMAX or I'll see it in like the Dolby uh, theaters. And this was not on any of those screens. (laughs) When I went to go buy the ticket, it was just on the regular standard screen, which I thought was interesting because the movie has only been out for two weeks. The fact that they moved it out of those theaters already. And I meant to look to see what was showing on those screens because the theater closest to me, the one that I go to the most, that is the AMC, 
has one IMAX theater and then one um, dope, Dolby, whatever theater. And I didn't look to see what was playing on those, but it was not Guardians. So I was like, okay, whatever, we'll still go see it. And even when I checked some of the other AMCs that, because I went, I use AMC app, I normally use Fandango, but I use AMC app. And so it shows me all the list of AMCs. And even at those AMCs, it was not showing on any one of those screens. So I was like, whatever, we'll see it in regular. I must be just spoiled <laughs> because when I walked into that theater, I have not sat in a cotton theater seat in so long to see a movie. I was so confused <laughs> because I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot these seats exist. I felt like everyone was like, all the seats were on top of each other. Whereas normally in those, um, in the IMAX or Adobe theaters, you have the leather seats and then it's like a wall that blocks each row and it's a little bit more roomy and then you can roll, like recline the seats back and all of that. So I that's what I've been used to. Was feeling a little bit bougie because when I walked in there, I was like, oh my gosh, these cotton red seats that I have to sit in. So uncomfortable. I felt like the rows were on top of each other. We were just all so close together. So I was like, okay, Eva, we cannot do this again. We have to make sure we go and see these movies in the opening weekend so that I could see it in the theater of my choice. But I was so surprised. You all let me know if you that's been your experience. If you go and see these movies after the opening weekend, like a couple weeks out, is it only playing on a standard screen? Or it was standard or 3D? And I was like, I don't want to see this in 3D. I really don't. If you listen for a long, 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 long time, like long, long time, <laughs> Back to when this used to be called Glam Deets that you know I used to love to watch the movies in 3D and I just can't. <laughs> That's not my favorite anymore. So it was either 3D or standard and I picked standard. So there was that. Uh, the theater was not full. Uh, we're two weeks out so the theater was not full. It was still people. It was still butts in the seats. Like the whole middle part of the theater was filled but it wasn't like jam-packed. And... It was interesting because, again, I'm used to going on opening weekend, and you all know my favorite time to go, especially to see an um, MCU film, is on Friday during the middle of the day because that's when all the Marvel fan, fan boys and gals go. <laughs> and I just feel like I'm in my element, and there's camaraderie, and there's just a mutual respect. That is hands down my favorite time to see these types of movies. And I've seen them sometimes at, in, at night shows and on a Saturday opening weekend. And usually the crowd is different. There's a little bit more of people who aren't, may not necessarily be fanboys or gals, which there are still some there, but they're like casual viewers. And so the experience is a little bit different because you get a mix of people who are um, like talking, could be distracting, usually more kids <laughs> in those shows, which is why I try to avoid them. But this one, there was a family in there their kids had to be like grade school below down, but they seemed to be chill through the movie. Like I didn't really hear anything from them, but there was a, a row of guys behind me. I don't know how old they were. I want to say just based off of how they were acting, maybe late teens. But then also when I saw some of them leaving the theater, I was like, okay, maybe... <laughs> late teens early 20s I don't know I don't know but they were just 
they were into the movie, but also they were doing a little bit of talking to the point where it was, I was resisting to be like, if you all could please just shut up <laughs> so we can hear what is going on. So I don't know. It was interesting. I will, especially for my Marvel movies, try to go on opening weekend because that is the best experience, at least for me personally. And we're not going to do the two week out, three week out, whatever. So that, that was that. I think the last movie we talked about from the MCU, which was the last one that came out, was Ant-Man. And there's been a lot of controversy going on behind the scenes. Not even with that movie, just with like people in the movie, Jonathan Majors. So I don't even want to talk about that. Disney or Marvel hasn't said anything. I feel like they're playing the waiting game. So we're just going to play the waiting game with them and see what happens or what becomes because Jonathan Majors is playing a an integral character throughout this phase that we're in so we'll see tbd but guardians so opening weekend it did 118 million domestically and the gross was 234 million so to date worldwide we're sitting at about 659 million i again have not done a movie this late an mcu movie this late after it has released so I'm not sure if this is like following the same pattern as some of the other movies are following and honestly I haven't even been able to look it up because I saw this movie yesterday I plan to just to give you insight it's a Sunday that I'm recording this I saw it on Saturday I plan to record it right when I got home but we're going to get into this the length of the movie I was like I'm exhausted <laughs> I'm going home and I'm just going to not do anything and just sit there. Um, but yeah, so I would have to like Google and see what the pattern has been for previous movies. But it's normal for there to be some number of drop off from the opening weekend. How much of a drop off varies depending on like the movie and what the interest is. As far as the cinema score is an A, which I'm not surprised. I feel like most... MCU movies fall in the A range for cinema score. And then when I look up the Rotten Tomatoes score, so audience score is a 94%, which is very much higher than the critic score of an 82%, which I'm not surprised. I can I can see. I can see why the audience score would be higher than the critics than the critic score. Because again, we talk about this all the time where people talk about, oh, is there superhero fatigue? Like, do people still want these these movies? People are still going to see these movies. People are still watching the shows. I'm, I'm going to talk about Titans, which I am almost done with. And I have so much to say about Titans, which that's not what this is about. But like, there's, there's just everywhere. TV shows, movies, people are still watching this stuff. So I don't know when, if, or ever, people will just be like, I'm done because there's still very strong interest in these things uh, across the board. I mean, you can see some some fall off a little bit where you can say, oh, is the interest decreasing a little bit? Especially when you look at the TV shows, which I'll probably speak more about. And this is more DC because Marvel TV shows are not as, um, weren't on uh, like network TV and stuff like that. So I don't think that it's been as big of a, 
like you could, it's not as easy to track as it is for like a DC TV show because they're on all the time. So I'll talk about that in science because I have a lot to say about that. Um, but so I don't know, but I'm not surprised by 94% audience score overall. Wait, let me make sure I got all the, all of the numbers. Yes. Okay. So overall, I enjoyed the movie. The movie was two and a half hours. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. And you all know, because I watch a lot of things and I talk like, it's more so on the TV side about like the length of a season of TV and um, things like that, where I'm like, oh, if a season's too long, like I started to get like antsy, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm starting to know the notices in movies and I've hit on this a little bit previously, but the length of these movies is getting out of control. I can understand for say an Avengers movie being super long because you're wrapping up a whole phase of stuff and you just have to make sure you get everything in there. But these individual movies within being two and a half hours and granted Guardians Volume 3 is the end of a trilogy. It is the end of James Gunn James Gunn's, I don't know why that was tripping me up, but it's the end of his era or his reign over this, or his control, let's say, direction of this um, piece of the MCU because we know he has moved on to DC and he's kind of become the Kevin Fahey of DC. And so it'll be interesting to see where, what happens with the DC EU and how that shapes up because there's been a lot of there's been a lot of shaping up going on over there but as far as Guardians is concerned like this is a trilogy the way we ended it I was expecting there to be some deaths we didn't get any deaths um we'll talk about that in a minute but it was wrapped up with a pretty bow and then they whoever comes on next if we do another Guardians movie um, it sets it up to for them to pretty much have their own story or even to push some of these characters into some of the other um, solo movies throughout the franchise. So two and a half hours, very, very long. I It felt like two and a half hours, at least to me, about an hour in, I literally checked my phone and I really, 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 really try not to look at my phone during the movie. But about an hour in, I was like, oh my gosh, so much has happened already. And we've barely scratched the surface and I feel like this has only been on for like 40 minutes. So I looked at my phone and we still had like an hour and a half to go. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so, so long. And that's also been a deterrent for me going to the movies because they've been so long where it's like, do I go to an evening show? And then you're calculating how long the movie is. That means you're not going to get home until 10 o'clock at night. I saw 10 o'clock viewings you're not getting home till like one o'clock in the morning because the freaking previews are 30 minutes literally a full 30 minutes of previews and I mean some people like to go to movies and watch the previews whatever 30 minutes of previews and then you tack that on to a two and a half hour movie that's three hours in the theater it's just it just feels long <laughs> it feels so long so you have that. And so I was like, okay, when do I go? You all know I'm a matinee girl. So I love to go see a matinee movie. And this one, I tried to, I saw the earliest viewing of this in the theater that it was shown on, which was actually no, because there was a 930 um, show or no, was that on 3D? I don't know. I went to a 10, 1030 AM 
<laughs> Showcast like, okay, 30 minutes of previews, two and a half hours. And you know, it's a Marvel movie, so you got to sit through all the way through the credits all the way to the end. So you're going to be in your, your butt's going to be in the seat for the full two and a half hours. And so I was like, okay, by the time it ends, it, it should be about 1.30ish or whatever. So that's the calculation I'm doing when I'm preparing to go to see these movies because I like to still have some time in my day to do other stuff and not just sit in the movie theater. Oh my gosh, that's a little mini rant, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so that was the, the movie length. I think overall the story was great. I have a hard, I don't, I don't say I have a hard time because there are so, we're at the point where there are so many movies and TV shows in the MCU that sometimes I have to, when I sit in the theater, because I don't go back and watch anything before, um, I've done that before. There's a whole, I've talked about it, especially in my Avengers episodes, I talk about it. So if you want to hear what I had to say, long story short, I would never watch, rewatch all of the movies again, leading up to like an Avengers style movie because it was a lot. A lot, and it's only it's only growing. So there is just not realistic because it's just too much. Uh, so when I go into the theater, I'm like, okay, what was the movie that came out before this? Was it connected to this at all? Anything I need to remember? And then I know that they released the episodes on Disney Plus over Christmas, which I did not watch because I was going to watch it, but then I remember there being something in. Some of the articles say that they accidentally spoiled something. And so then I think they took some episodes away. So I was just like, I'm just not going to watch it because I don't know what is going on with it. And I don't want to be spoiled with anything because you all know how I feel about spoilers. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I'm not going to watch it. And so that's the only thing that I can think of that was right before this that had the Guardians in it. I feel like Rocket and group may have been in something but I honestly could not remember because the what we had right before this was Ant-Man and I can't I don't think that they were I honestly I don't know so I was just sitting there like when's the last time I've seen them I honestly can't remember but again with a lot of these solo movies a lot of the times it doesn't really matter I think you can get away with just watching for the most part I think it's a little bit tricky once we get into these later ones because a lot of them try to tie back to um, Avengers because some of some of them are still dealing with the after effects of that because the movies are so spread out but some of them you can get away with just watching only those movies so like you could probably maybe get away with just watching all only the Guardians movies but I think you're going to need to watch Avengers at least the last one <laughs> to feel like you you are not lost while watching it but anyway so I think overall the story was interesting. I like that we got to go into the backstory of Rocket because Rocket has always been there. It's always been like, oh, he's there. But like, how can he talk? How did we get here? What's going on with him? And so we got that backstory. And if Marvel wanted to pick a story or James Gunn wanted to pick a story that was going to make Eva cry in the theater, this was the story to pick because... I am the biggest animal lover person. Uh, I I don't want to say like, oh, I'm, I don't, so I'm vegan, but I'm not like a crazy vegan. I always tell people that. So like you can eat meat or stuff like that. I really don't care. But I am like the biggest animal lover. I have a dog. I've had 
dogs and cats all my life. I've had a dog and a cat at the same time for a lot of my life, um, but I have a dog now. So, and I just, just any, any, I should say any mammal, because <laughs> when we talk about like reptiles and amphibians and stuff like that, that is not my jam because it's just something in me that just gets a little, a little itchy <laughs> when I see them. <laughs> but like when we're talking about mammals and things like that, I'm just like, oh, I have such a, a soft spot for them. So when we saw that scene after Rocket, when Rocket's a baby, first of all, baby Rocket's voice cannot even deal. But when we see um, after he gets operated on and gets thrown in a cage where he meets like the other animals in the project who have been operated on and he's like oh it hurts immediate tears when I say I was trying not to be boohooing in the theater <laughs> I was just like oh my god it's so sad and then when Lila like dabbed his head or whatever because he was bleeding I was like oh my gosh literal 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 tears just coming could not even stop them so it was hard to watch this because Essentially, what the um, the high evolutionary, who is an interesting, uh, what's the word, foe, um, I can't think of the other word, antagonist, <laughs> that's where our antagonist was. And we've seen Rocket for so long, and we haven't really known his background. And for us to get to this far, and then all of a sudden, he's being pursued by someone who essentially views him as tech and wants him for their own selfish reasons because I mean they did create him but also they just want he just wants his brain because he had created this being who could essentially continue to invent because of his mind of the way that his mind worked and so everything else that he worked on after just was not the same and so we got to see that play out um in like the backstory of Rocket but at the end of the day, it was animal abuse, which is what he was doing. And then, of course, in the credits at the end, it's like, uh, I think it was Humane Society or whatever. They were just pretty much saying, like, no animals were abused for real, which we all know because, like, it's a movie. They're not going to abuse animals. But it's just, like, that idea that you could just take living things and try to manipulate them for your own gain and not even worry about killing them, like, sacrificing life because... When the first the project after Rocket's project, when he was like, "Oh, I'm trying to create this perfect society," which there's no such thing. There's no such thing as perfect, but there's no such thing as creating a perfect society, which we see in the society that he creates. And it's also weird that he's doing this with animals <laughs> to try to create this perfect society. Um, but uh, we see when he's like, "Oh, when I create them, they get super angry," and then. Rocket's like, oh, it's because you're doing this. You need to do this. And uh, he literally, because they're so angry, he's just like, okay, we're just going to burn them. And then when he's like, oh, you think you, you thought you were going into the new world? Like, no, you're not perfect. You're, you're, and you're living proof of all of our mistakes. Which was just like, oh my gosh, this person is just so, first of all, what makes you so above anyone else? And even with because we see when Rocket uh, escapes, like he like scratched his face up or whatever. And even when we see him, like he is not a perfect being. He is literally wearing a mask because his face is jacked up. So for him to be the one trying to pull the, pull the strings and say what is perfect and define that and then say who is or isn't able to live in this 
quote unquote perfect society is wild. <laughs> it's so wild. And then also the animal, I just don't understand why it was animals that he wanted to use to create the perfect society, which when we do, and I know we're jumping around a little bit, but when we do um, end up in that new society, because the whole thing that's happening is that he sent Adam Warlock, which we finally get to see Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, which again, I'm not familiar with the comics. So I did not know that this character was an idiot. <laughs> Point blank period. So to see him playing, I don't know why I thought he was going to be a good guy. But again, this is just me, Eva, not having any clue what is going on in the comic books. So no, he was not. But then uh, eventually he does end up because we see at the end, which we're going to get to. Um, he has like a little bit of a redemption. But anyway, um, when we get to that, so he, the, what is his name? His name is so long. The High Evolutionary sends Warlock to, to get Rocket and Rocket ends up getting injured and they can't fix him. They, the team, because he has a kill switch on his heart. So if anyone tampers with it or tries to save him, he will die. And so he has about 48 hours before he dies and so the team spends his whole time trying to figure out where did he come from how can they how can they get the kill switch off of him so like that's pretty much the whole the whole driving force of the story and we're also still dealing with um peter in the aftermath of losing his gamora because gamora is alive that's not his version of gamora that he fell in love with and then he also um lost some his like father figure who was freaking, oh my gosh, I can't think of his name, but he died in, where, what movie did he die in? I literally cannot remember what movie that was. But um, Yandu is his name, which I can't even think of. So he lost him, so he's dealing with that. And so once the team finds out or are able to get his file, his file they see what happened to him and of course they're enraged because literally it is abuse and so that's what the team like goes to try to figure out who has the file to be able to override so that they can save rocket so i thought it was very interesting to focus on rocket because again he's been there the entire time and then i think it was also when he's almost dying and then he sees all all of his friends and Lila's like, oh, it's not your time yet. It's always been about you. And it's like, huh. And then when he comes back, we see me, like we all watch the movie. <laughs> comes back, he's like there. You don't realize how much you miss having Rocket a part of the group because he's been out for the count literally the entire movie. And then he is um, back fighting with the team. And then Essentially, this was like the disbandment of the team as we know it, which I believe James Gunn hinted to in the trilogy. Because like, again, he's wrapping it up. He's leaving. This is his final Marvel film, at least for now, <laughs> or probably for a long time. Uh, and so he, uh, he, I think he says something along the lines of like, this is, this is the end of the team as we know it. And so Peter's like, oh, I need to go home. Because that was another thing that uh, was being hinted at, which we knew Peter at some point was going to try to go back home to see his grandfather because he ha literally has not seen him since he was abducted 
when he was eight years old. And then freaking Mantis was like, oh, you you keep essentially running from things and looking for other people to fulfill you. And you need to pretty much confront your past and confront his past, past will be going home. So we knew eventually he was going to go there. And which is where he ends up going at the end. I know we're just going to jump to the end. And then Mantis ends up going off on her own because she's literally been, again, these are a lot of people who have been doing the will of other people and not their own. And she's like, I need to figure out who I am because I've been pretty much following other people. So she goes off on her own. And then Nebula's like, oh, I'm going to stay here and rebuild this, rebuild this city. You all know I was going to get a... a, a <laughs> person here at some point um even though I changed the words a little bit that's okay uh she's like I need to stay here and fill up the city and she asked Drax to stay with her because Drax was going to try to go off of Mantis because he's like you need protection but Mantis she's a big girl she can protect herself and she also has her new kind of guardians and so because Nebula's like oh you're a father because Drax is like one of those characters who's always, everyone's like, he's an idiot, he's dumb, all this other stuff, and kind of just crosses over him, takes him for granted, which he kind of says a little bit, and then to Nebula, and Nebula finally gets to see him in his element and see, see who he really is, and so she's like, no, I see you now, your place is here, you're a father, because they have bought all these kids that the high evolutionary had created because he was about to try to create another perfect society this time with humans and not animals. Uh, and so it was just a bunch of kids that he had in cages, which was like, are we trying to, are we trying to talk about real world things here? <laughs> Cause you know, they like, they like to try to hint at them a little bit. Uh, so they had bought all the kids over and they needed essentially is a place that I don't even really think there were kids there or animals. They bought a bunch of kids and a bunch of animals there. <laughs> so we were like, oh, we're going to need some help. And so um, speaking of the society, so even when you think about the high evolutionary, how he created this new society, it's supposed to be this purpose society. And as the guardians are driving through it, essentially you're seeing the same thing that you, because he created counter earth, which is like supposed to be somewhere as earth, but they're this all all human looking animals <laughs> that he created and it looks just like earth but it's not and he talks about how he went to earth and he saw and he's like there he pretty much wanted to create his a perfect version of earth but as they're driving through there it's like the same stuff that you see on regular earth and the regular society is happening here even though he tried to create the society to be perfect you're still seeing fighting you're still seeing people dealing and using drugs you're still seeing homelessness so like all that stuff is still happening even though he tried to create this world where it wouldn't happen and so it just speaks to like human uh tendencies that as as a world develops like there are just certain things and themes that just are always going to be there homelessness uh drug use and abuse loneliness uh fighting like all those things are always going to exist because of because we are human <laughs> and by default we have been created like by default we are going to sin so what is that not loving each other not being like perfect or one with each other like we're going to be imperfect human beings 
uh, just off the bat. So there was that. Uh, what else? Uh, we do see Craglin. Craglin has Yondu's like little arrow thing. He we saw him in the beginning trying to control that with the whistle, but he was failing. And finally, we see him take control of it in the end. Uh, and we also see Cosmo, which I don't think we really saw Cosmo as much as we saw Cosmo this time. And Cosmo and Craglin have like a very interesting dynamic. And uh, we got to see Cosmo use like their ability in the movie because I, I honestly don't think we've ever seen it. And we could have, and I'm just not thinking of it right now because there's so many <laughs> films in this universe that Cosmo is not jumping out at me uh, in my head. Uh, we got to see this version of Gamora. So even though in the end, like she's not part of the group anymore, we know she's been hanging out with the, um, Ravengers and like that's her family. And so that's what she's been trying to get back to. And we see when she does get back to them, like it is genuinely like a family to her. They missed her. Um, they embrace her when she comes back, but she comes back with a little bit more, I would say kindness or love in her heart. Because when she first meets up with the group to help them break into the place where they got the files on or got Rocket's files from when he was created. I don't want to say created, but like operated on and abused. Then we do see um, her. She's very hard. Uh, granted, Peter is like <laughs> pining. <laughs> it's very, very... I could see... I can see both ways, but I could really see her POV where you have this person who, who has this experience with another version of you and they really want you to be that version of you that you don't even know. And they're just steady. You can feel that energy just all the time. And it's exhausting. It has to be exhausting. And so you see her kind of like the steel around her heart or the stone around her heart slowly chip away as the movie goes on and as she begins to start to care for the well-being of these people because we see her actually go to save and protect Rocket when Warlock shows up on the ship to take him before like Counter-Earth starts blowing up. Uh, and then we see her like fight in the end with them and help save the kids and all that. So that was interesting. Groot has been we've seen so many versions of group we've seen baby group we've seen teenager group i'm assuming this is young adult group super stacked uh supposed to be i guess like muscly group <laughs> we got to see group do some like new tricks that i don't think we've seen uh him do before and we also got to hear him say something other than I am Groot. We got to hear him say, I love you, or I love you guys, or something like that in the end, which was very, very weird <laughs> when it happened in the movie because you're so used to him saying, I am Groot, and they're all hugging. And I, I didn't really feel a reaction from everyone in the theater when that happened because, it, I don't know, it was, it, was, it was a little bit jarring to me, at least. I was like, oh, okay, we're just going to have Groot say real words and be done okay <laughs> so that was interesting as well and that was another thing that was inter interesting to see because when Gamora's first with them and he keeps saying I am Groot I am Groot she's like I know your name I know your name and everyone else is like translating for him and she's like you guys really know what he's saying like you're just making stuff up and then in the end uh when he when they're back in the aftermath and he comes up behind her he says I am Groot and she like responds to him by like answering what he's saying then it's like ah 
Okay, I get it. That was an interesting moment. Uh, what else? Will Poulter, <laughs> Adam Warlock. Very interesting. Again, I did not know that he, this character was the character that he is. Um, we see a little bit of it, and you kind of know watching it that there's going to be some type of redemption for him because we see at the end where, first of all, we see him in the beginning. He comes in guns a-blazing, just literally taking everyone out in his path. And that's pretty much the case throughout until the end where he just keeps coming back, keeps coming back in the way, in the way, trying to literally murder people because it's just something in his consciousness that's just not connecting it, connecting to humanity and so um we see him like pass out and at the end when they're trying to get like all the kids off of the ship and Groot like picks him up and brings him to uh nowhere and he's like well why did you save me and he's like because everyone deserves a second chance and then we see when Peter is literally trying to get back into nowhere, but he drops his cassette player and he goes to try to save. I was like, if you don't leave that damn cassette player. I mean, granted, it was nice the reason, his reason for trying to save it. But also when he, the place, like the ship blows up and he's trying to get back, get to nowhere and he starts to freeze up and then everything freezes, freezes. I was like, I was sitting there. I was like, are they really about to kill off Peter Quill? And I had no like reaction or feeling either way which is also a little bit weird sitting there because you all know things that are like a wrap-up I'm expecting people to die and so the fact that no one died like I knew Rocket wasn't gonna die because they spent the whole movie trying to save him and so it just felt counterproductive for them to save him and then him to die on the ship so I knew he wasn't gonna die uh like in the last battle against uh the high evolutionary but then to see Peter trying to get back and then he's like literally frozen solid and no one can get to him. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to kill him right now. Okay, here we go. <laughs> but then Adam, like we see Adam appear and he ends up bringing him over and saving him so he doesn't die. I was like, okay, okay, so no one's going to die, <laughs> which is fine. So I already talked about everyone disbanded where they went. Peter went back home. Uh, he told Rocket he is the new leader of the Guardian. So... As these phases start to go, all the people who we know, who we met in like the phase one, phase two, phase three, like we know there's going to be new versions of the group. So new, new Avengers, new Guardians. We see the new team of Guardians, which was very interesting. Uh, we saw it in the mid credit scene. And so let me go back to my... Because I had this pulled up because I was like, I don't know what this little girl's name is. But essentially in the new group, we have, oh my gosh, where is it? Okay, we have Craglin and Cosmo. Also, we do see Rocket finally, finally find out that he is indeed a raccoon. And he's not a badger, which was so wild because we see him uh, try to save like the baby raccoons in the cage. It's just like, oh my God, this is something I can't even do. Like if you want to get to my heart, just have very cute like animals shown and like focus in on their eyes and they look realistic, especially Rocket uh, looks so realistic and then the little nose or whatever. I'm like thinking about my dog at home because I have like my little dog. I'm like, oh, his nose looks like this. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to get to me, just do that. But anyway, so uh, he sees like the name on them, like where they came from and what they are. He sees the raccoons. He's like, I'm Rocket, 
Rocket the raccoon. I'm like, finally, you know, you're a raccoon. But anyway, so we see in the mid credit scene, um, they are getting, they're at a, in a desert and we have like our new version or iteration of the Guardians. And it consists of Rocket and Groot, of course, because they're always going to be together. <laughs> I just don't think you're ever going to see one without the other. And Rocket, or not Rocket, Groot has grown again. He's like just just stacked and jacked. <laughs> like stacked and jacked for sure. And then you see Kraglin, you see Cosmo, which I don't think that's surprising. You see Adam, I don't think that's surprising. Uh, but what is surprising is you see the little girl whose name, because I had to look up what her name is, because I don't even think they say her name in the movie. But apparently she is Fila Vell. And when we look at where she shows up in the comics, so she is known by many names, Captain Marvel, Quasar, Martyr. Uh, but she's always been a protector of the universe. This is literally what I'm reading on the Marvel.com uh, site. And so apparently I think she's going to show up in the Marvels because the Marvels is the next movie uh, that's coming in the MCU and that's dropping in November. And I actually saw, because, you know, the previews are so long, I saw the full trailer, which I'm not, sh I'm pretty sure that's the first time that it debuted was like once the previews for Guardian show because I've seen some other versions of it, but I haven't really watched it. But I didn't see her in it. So apparently in this article that I was like, okay, who is this girl? <laughs> They're saying that she appears in the Marvels, but we shall see uh, if that's actually true. And then we get our post credit scene, which we see Peter. He is back home with his grandfather and they're having breakfast and they're just talking and then he says something about like oh mow the lawn or something like that like why can't her son do it I was like oh we're about to be introduced to like some other person but apparently not but we do see at the end it says a star lord will return so I'm not sure in what capacity he will return but when we think about the actual people who play these characters so Chris Pat Chris Pat <laughs> Chris Pratt has, um, I don't think he said that he would never return. I'm pretty sure he said he's open to returning as Star-Lord. So it probably just depends on like what that looks like. But Zoe Saldana and um, Dave Bautista both have been like done. We're done. <laughs> and I'm not surprised Dave Bautista is done because of all the drama that happened with James Gunn. Uh, when like people were just looking at people's old tweets and then trying to counsel them and Disney did like a, oh we're not working with James Gunn anymore and then they, were, then they did a retract and they're like oh we are uh and the cast was very adamant especially Dave Bautista like he felt very very upset during that whole period so I'm not surprised that now that James Gunn stepped away and it's we've wrapped up the story with like a nice pretty little bow that he is like he pretty much said where did he say this this was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he said, with Drax, I got to end the perfect way. I would never sign up for another job as Drax just to get a paycheck. I would tarnish that perfect ending and I won't do it. So, like, he's done. And then Zoe Zaldana, Zaldana said that this is the end for her as Gamora. Um, and that is that. So, I thought, again, it was a great way to wrap it up. Uh, wrap up the trilogy there were no deaths so at least with 
the new this new team of guardians i'm sure we're going to see them in future movies i'm not sure if we're going to get like our own guardians movie but i think we're going to need to like build them up so i think the way that you build them up is to have them show up in other um, movies where it makes sense uh, and then at some point, maybe we'll see Star Lord show back up again. But again, it's like our, our, our OG OGs, like, especially like some of all of our Chris's, um, and then a lot of the people from the earlier phases are just, you know, it's some multiple things. They've been on this ride for a long time and it's time to usher in some young blood. So... <laughs> That's pretty much all I have to say overall when I think about the grade that I want to give this movie. I would give it a solid B for me. Like I said, overall, the story made sense. It felt, it did feel like a couple of stories in one, but I feel like that's always the case with these types of movies. Uh, the action was fine. The look of the movie was fine. It was long. I don't think it needed to be two and a half hours um, when I think about it. And it's just, it's just literally, it felt like the perfect, the perfect bow on, on a team of misfits that everyone was a little bit unsure of when we saw them in volume one, but have grown to love. The music was on point. I was happy that we are now in the 2000s because I love the 80s. I love the 90s, but there are some great 2000s songs as well. So it was great that they ended in the 2000s and had a whole dance party. That was a fun scene. So yeah, so solid B for me. Uh, the next thing, like I said, is the Marvels and that's in November. Disney Plus, I feel like I saw that the dates changed as far as when things are being released and I have not looked this up, but I'm pretty sure we're getting something on Disney Plus before November. Um, so if we do, then of course I'm going to talk about that. But yeah, I'm excited about the Marvels after seeing that trailer and seeing the full trailer. And y'all know I don't like full trailers because it's just, it's like they try to cram so much into it. Um, but it's like, okay, I'm a little bit excited to see this dynamic. I think it's going to be interesting to see those three um, together and their dynamics and how they work off of each other because we've got to see them all separately in some capacity. And of course, um, Brie Larson like she had her own her own standalone movie with Captain Marvel and then we've seen um oh my gosh the other two whose names are escaping me Miss Marvel and uh oh my gosh what's her name uh Monica Rambo when we saw her in WandaVision so we've seen them all in separately in some capacity and so it'll be fun to see them all together and how they work off of each other and yeah, so I'm excited for that. But that's probably all I have on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I want to know what you all thought about this final movie in the trilogy. Um, thoughts on like how we ended things and where we could see some of these characters in the future. Let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently binging on Instagram and at current binge on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, and I'll talk to you in the next one.